Hey, I gotta tell you guys about something, and I'm really excited to talk about this because I got a brand new front door lock. And it's not just any lock, it's a Eufy video lock. You might be thinking, what's the big deal, Chael? Well, okay, I'm gonna tell you. First off, it is sleek. I mean, it's a very big deal. My father used to build houses. My whole life, I've known how important curb appeal is. I used to be in real estate. When I show somebody a house, the front door is the very first thing you see. This thing is a piece of art. It truly is, and it's such a good looking piece of hardware. It instantly upgraded my front door. I was excited about the functionality. So not only do I get an instant makeover with a piece of art, you now have a different level of protection. It's a smart lock. It's got a 2K camera with audio and doorbell all in one. Most competitors are either just a camera or a smart lock. The Eufy Video Lock has both plus a doorbell and it can all be controlled via an app, which makes things so convenient. I hate when I hear the doorbell ring and I'm comfortable inside. I gotta get up, go to the door, just to find out it's a delivery man who dropped the package and is already long gone. The Eufy Video Lock now allows me to avoid all of that. I can just peek at the app. I can even talk to him or hear him talk back to me. Also, my wife and I travel a lot. It's an added level of security at my front door and it makes me feel a little bit more at ease. It was very easy to install. No, there are no monthly fees for the security video storage. The battery is rechargeable and each charge lasts about four months. The Eufy Lock is fantastic and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. Do that by going to Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you gain complete control of your door. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the UFC. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code CHAIL to get in on the action coming up on today's show. Colby Covington has broken his silence. Conor McGregor made TMZ headlines and George Masvidal is a freaking genius. All of that is coming up later, but first, let's begin with the big story that came out this weekend. Guys, we gotta talk Aspen Lad. Two different thoughts for me. By the way, did you guys know I got catfished by Aspen Lad? Have I ever told you that story? So I have a very soft spot in my heart because I'm pen pals with Aspen Lab. We go on something the kids call Twitter and we DM. This pen pal relationship has gone on for about a year when in my DMs, whoever was copy and pasting and sending it to a bunch of people, copy and pasted to me, Aspen Lad, but in the third person. So now I realize I'm not talking to Aspen Lad. I have no relationship with Aspen Lad. I have a soft spot in my heart for whatever PR person is running Twitter, either way. It's relevant that you know that though. It's relevant that you know that when I speak about Aspen, 
I am biased. I am favorable. I like her. It's funny that it turns out I don't know her at all. I've been texting with somebody else. Either way, relevant to the story because the Aspen Land story starts three weeks ago. It did not start Saturday. It started three weeks ago when she missed weight for 135 pounds, I believe her fourth time. Setting a record, she came in at 137. There was even discussion by some people that said she was trying to skirt a rule. I remember Misha Tate weighed in on something. Misha didn't like behind the scale. She didn't like, you know, the towel and some of these other things. But it was dramatic. And Aspen was 9-1 in the UFC. She was ranked number three. It was a big blow. There have been other athletes who have missed weight repeatedly who have been sent packing. I can remember specifically Anthony Rumble Johnson. Now, he not only missed weight, I'm talking Rumble. He, it was in conjunction where his opponent agreed to face him anyway, and he lost. So now he's got two strikes. But it is fair for any Aspen Lad fan or catfishers out there to wonder if she's going to be back. Does she have a place in the organization? Guys, time out. You're not a 135-pounder. Not Chael's opinion has nothing to do with your frame, has nothing to do with your height, has everything to do with the scale that says you're not 135 pounds. Hold that thought because tie in what we're seeing with John Jones. And I'm only bringing you John because it's the biggest name that you guys would know who left a weight class but took a meaningful amount of time to bulk up. Now, I realize that's light heavyweight to heavyweight. We're not doing apples to apples here, but it is a real thing, at least within the psychology of the athlete, that they are big enough for the weight. No one knows what that means, and there's only one way to find out, which is to actually test it in competition. I think John Jones could have been the heavyweight champion of the world by now, but he doesn't. I bring it to you to go back to Aspen. She did not believe she was a 45-pounder, and not only is she now a 45-pounder, she has to do it on three weeks. No bulk phase. So she's physically going to do something different. She is psychologically up against it because she, for whatever reason, doesn't believe that's where she belongs. Should I mention, she has not studied her opponent, according to her. She was not familiar with her opponent, according to her. She did not realize it was a main event when she accepted the fight, which means she didn't know she was going to be th thrown in there for five rounds. There was a lot for Aspen to have to go up against. There really was. And I don't expect you to, 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 to cry in your beer for, as they say. It's okay. I just want you to also acknowledge it was a lot. And she did it. Like a fighter. The term fighter is the most corrupted term of my lifetime. It's now about the punches and the kicks and can you beat up that person or can you not? When I got into fighting, the whole reason my father wanted me to do it is he knew the world was a big place. I was going to get stuck in cracks at times and he didn't want me to quit. He wanted me to get up and face the world the next day. That's what a fighter is, and that's what Aspen did. Now, let's talk about the good news. There is good news to my little catfish and friend here, which is she didn't believe she could go 145 pounds. She now knows. It's not a debate anymore. She now knows she can. She did not believe whether it was she was strong enough or she was fast enough or she was big enough, or a conjunction of those things that she could go in there at featherweight. Now it is no longer a discussion or a debate. She has. She's done it. I will predict for you guys, Aspen Ladd has come out of that competition better than she went into it. And there's not a lot of people that you can say that about in defeat, and it was a fairly one-sided defeat, which also becomes the final leg to this story. Her coach, I felt, was honest with her. Going into the fourth round, the coach gets caught on Mike. 
in a very vulnerable moment, not for nothing. I mean, would you guys ever want any of your private conversation shared? Ever? Now imagine that you're mic'd up. You realize you're mic'd up, but you've coached 100 rounds mic'd up, and ESPN never picked it up once. Never played. You're, you're going to feel that you're in a private moment. Can we, can we agree on that? So whatever comes out of you, good, bad, or indifferent, how would you like to be judged for that? And I was a little surprised at how much judgment there was of the coach because he was very honest with her. Again, three rounds are completed. They're headed into the fourth. Aspen has not won a single round. She's throwing one punch at a time instead of punches and bunches, which is what the coach said to her. Quit throwing one shot. Go out there. You need to turn it up. You need to stop her. You're down three rounds. We've got two left. It's simple math at this point. I agree with the coach. Not only do I agree with the coach, I don't even see how that's a story. Anybody that was at home watching this fight is thinking the same thing that the coach just verbalized. If any of you had action on this fight with DraftKings, you'd be yelling, hey, Aspen, there's only two rounds left. Quit throwing one punch. You've got to stop her. You would have been saying the same thing that the coach said. In addition to that, and I realize he wasn't polite. I realize these weren't kind things. But, and there's a huge but, and until I'm confronted with evidence otherwise, I'm going to believe that Aspen likes to be communicated with that way. I've had very long talks with Clayton, both ways, where Clayton would tell me, hey, when I say this, here's what I'm seeing. And I would have them the other way. Hey, And I, I was more of a positive guy. Let's be positive, but I, I, I can't be blinded. Can't be telling me I'm winning rounds that I'm losing. It was just one of these situations, personalizing it, but everybody has that discussion with their coach and vice versa. It's a major part of the team. How are we going to communicate on fight night? And unless I'm given any evidence to the contrary, I'm going to believe that that coach did what is in line with his athlete. Aspen does not appear to be mad about it. She's still got a beautiful record. She's now at the appropriate weight class. She's in the five-round club. I truly think... Whether I got catfished or not, I think Aspen is better for having gone through this process. I am more excited now to watch and follow her career, even in defeat. And I don't think there's a lot of times when we can say that. So that was last weekend. And I got to tell you, the next few weekends of fights will be must-see television. One of those fights going down on November 6th, the rematch. Kamara Usman versus Colby Covington. And man, it can't get here fast enough. Guys, I was on ESPN today. I was doing the Chael Sonnen show. And yes, I know how disgusting it is that the show is named after me. But that's the show I was doing. Which, by the way, would appreciate if you listened to. I don't think I've ever asked you guys for anything. Do me a personal favor and go to that show. My ego is directly related with how many of you watch that show each week. But I was on there with George. And George tees up a clip of Colby Covington. And it's Colby sitting, talking with Brett. And Brett is one of the great interviewers because Brett does not get scared. Brett will ask you whatever he wants to ask you. And it's a very interesting way to go through sports interviews. And Brett put it straight to Colby. And I'm talking about the character. Where does the, the person end where does the character begin and Brett's discussing it and Colby was very open to say I myself I turn it up to 11. Now what was masterful about this for me 
is the great performer that is Colby Covington was performing while answering the question about his performance. Like only a true master could, he stayed in character. He apologized for nothing. And what in the hell would the point be of coming this far and three weeks before bell time, you throw your hands up and go, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I was just fooling around. I've had that happen to me as a consumer before. I can remember the night that Mike Tyson fought Lennox Lewis. It was a tremendous buildup. Separated at press conferences. Tyson was, I mean, he Tyson told him, I'm going to step on your testicles. I remember this. I'm not trying to talk crass to you. I'm sharing. It was such an effective line that 30 years later, I still remember what he said. He said, I'm going to eat your children. I don't even know what that means. But these were such aggressive lines that 30 years later, I remember them. Tyson gets stomped out by Lennox. Before he leaves the ring, he grabs the microphone and said that was all for promotion. I didn't mean any of it. And I remember sitting at home as a guy who paid $50 wanting my money back. I have been lied to. That is straight up fraud. There is no industry in the world that you can sell something lying to the customer, admit only after they paid for it that you were lying and not get a refund. If you did that with an automobile, the guy tells you it's a Lexus and you, you buy it, you find out it's a Toyota, the attorney general will meet you at that car lot the next morning at 9 a.m. and you will be unwinding that deal. I only offer as an example, I don't like it when guys do that, even if they're working me. Be a great performer and work me all the way to the end. Kiefer Sutherland does not pop out in the final episode of 24 and go, hey, my name's not Jack Bauer, my name's Kiefer Sutherland. Like, it doesn't work that way. You play it until the final credit rolls. So as I was watching Brett pin Colby down, and Brett had him. Brett had him with very basic questions. Aren't you this far because of what you did? People hate you, but don't they hate you because you manufactured it? I mean, Brett is asking the tough stuff, and Colby was floating right through it, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch Covington not get rattled. While watching this interview, I have a bigger thought, which has nothing to do with the dialogue they were having. The thought that I just got confronted with, is this the first time I've seen Colby since he's been signed to fight Kamar Usman? Colby is absolutely locked down. He is absolutely focused. Make no mistake what this is about, guys. This fight is not for the current welterweight championship of the world. This fight represents Usman, who is chasing George St. Pierre's ghost. For Usman to go to the only other level that he possibly can with his level of success in the sport, you're talking about greatest of all time status, which is an opinion by the masses. And for him to get there, he's going to have to do what George did, which is not only clean out the division, he's going to have to do it a second time, and that's what he's starting to do. That is absolutely what Usman Masvidal Part 2 was about. That is what Usman Covington Part 2 was about. It looks as though down the road it could be Leon Edwards versus... Usman part two, he's trying to do what George did. And it's a big damn deal. And then you look at Colby. This is the final shot if Kamara Usman sits on top of that division. There is not going to be a part three, no matter how many guys Colby beats. No matter how much Colby proves I am the true number one contender, there is not going to be a part three without a variance in outcome in one of the first two. So there is high pressure here. 
And pressure over time, if dealt with correctly, is what makes diamonds. We all understand that, but I'm watching Colby doing something different. He's focused. He's locked down. And look, there's a part of it too, guys. And Colby may not even know this. This may be a subconscious level that, that Colby hasn't even identified for himself. But one thing that's going on is Covington is fighting for the second time. When he fought Usman the first time, ton of people tuned in. People were very interested. And that media and heavy lifting was done by Colby. So Colby's going to look at this. Again, he may not even be conscious, but he's looking at his partner. Even if it's his enemy, even if they're going to go all chips in, I'm going to take everything that you have. I'm going to take everything that you've ever wanted. You're still my partner for this night. I've done 10 interviews today. You've done two. That's not equitable and that's not fair. I'm out. You do two interviews, I'll do two interviews. You do no interviews, I'm going to do no interviews. I made this mistake last time. I was doing media tours. You were in the gym skipping rope. So it's a real piece of it. It's a piece of it because it's showing an understanding by Colby to what I just said. This is it. Cold, hard reality. A colder reality is most people never get this far. Colby is a former champion of the world. Colby was an interim champion who never lost and one day was no longer the interim champion. Where was the support from the community on that one? How in the hell does that work? Colby Covington was the interim champion. You can try to discredit interim all you want. I don't really care what word comes in front of champion. You could put 10 words in front of it. It still ends with champion. He was the champion, did not lose, and one day woke up and was no longer the champion. <laughs> that happened. I'm not making that up. I'm not doing wordplay. That happened. Where was the community? I don't know where the community is. In all fairness, us, I don't know where the community is on the BMF title. Usman did not defend the B. I apologize. Masvidal did not defend the BMF title. I've had many people go, oh, Chael, stop. Uh, Usman's the champion. That's not the way it works. Title's got to be up. This happened to me. You're telling me this happened to me. I had a world title fight in the WEC. I was the challenger. The champion missed weight. The fight happened the next day under the same rules with the same two guys. I won. I didn't get to become the champion. It became a non-title match. I mean, it matters. How's that written down? So the outcome of Usman and Covington's rematch will be of great interest to two 170-pounders that are fighting in December. That's next. But first, a word about some of today's sponsors. The NBA is back at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 oh yeah. And what about Washington? DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe secure and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHAIL. 
Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code CHAIL this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Guys, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Be honest. I'll be transparent back. I have at times in my life struggled in these areas and I didn't get through it by myself. BetterHelp is a great online therapy and counseling platform that allows you to reach out for help from the privacy of your own home. This is not a crisis line, guys. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. You can start communicating with a professional counselor in under 48 hours. And that's good news for some of us who need help immediately. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not locally be available in your area, especially if your state is still shut down because of the pandemic. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You will get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you do with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash to join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp is offering my listeners 10% off a month of service, so don't hesitate to reach out and get help now. Visit BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Sunnen, and get started. Three-piece Anna Soda, how somebody within the MMA space has not made, sold a t-shirt that says that with a likeness of George Masvidal? Deal with the TRO and deal with the lawsuit later. You could have cleaned up. This was years ago. Listen to what Moswell said today, okay? I'm going to quote. I'm going to read this from a teleprompter. These are exactly his words. When you're talking all this crap and somebody gets in your face, if you're not hesitant about it, you see, I'm walking towards you and you're walking toward me. And you're going to say I assaulted you? That's coward stuff. He originally wanted to call the cops on me, but what would have happened? That would have looked against his brand, the tough guy. Originally, they wanted to press charges on me. When you started talking this effing altercation, I'm here doing my own interview, doing my thing. I just got fight of the night. I just got knockout of the night. And I don't give a F about you, Edwards. Why are you ruining my interview? This is my time to shine. You're trying to steal that. Nobody gives a F about you in your own hometown. You just had a fight that nobody was even talking about because it was so effing boring. And it's just a, he's just a clout chaser. That's all he's ever been. Hold the thought because let's break this down. Okay, this is poetry. 
This is poetry by Masvidal, who has maintained from Jump Street and has continued three years later to be the victim. Now, let's just make believe that we haven't all seen this. Let's just make believe that this was not videotaped. Let's just make believe there was no audio. Let's say we only have this as evidence. All the evidence we have is that four punches were thrown. All four were thrown by Masvidal and all four landed on Edwards. Can we reasonably conclude who was the aggressor and who was the victim? Could we do that? Now, that's without having video evidence. Now, this was a beautiful thing when Masvidal did it because it was such street smarts, okay? Somebody, and it's whoever goes first. Did you guys know that in an assault case, they will only charge one person? You might have just seen this recently with all due respect, but with what the Iceman went through, okay? They'll only, one person. So it's whoever speaks up first. Now, if you were to ever do an assault that is wide open purely to one thing, which is state of mind at the time. What was your state of mind? So if you come out and say fear, just by example, it shows that you would know the rules. To believe that a professional cage fighter who had just won to his own point knockout of the night, who was just successful in doing his own interview throughout the world, to believe that he was scared. But I even remember when Masvidal did this, he retold the story, and he said, I was so scared. These hooligans came up to me. (laughs) Nobody uses the word hooligans. (laughs) But when they do, when they do, there's something special. I wish hooligans would make a comeback. Masvidal, I hadn't heard hooligans in 10 years. I haven't heard it in the three years since. Masvidal said this in the media at the time. I was scared. These hooligans came up on me. I didn't know. I figured they were getting ready to jump me. I mean, it's just, it was one of these things. Nobody knew what to do and nothing was done. Masvidal played it so well. There was nothing to do. He was not admitting fault. And you also have to take into consideration that whatever Edwards said, which we can all agree was not polite, we could probably go as far as inappropriate. That might, That is the furthest we could go, but we could probably get a reasonable jury there because it was Masvidal's time. All Edwards had to do was walk on, wait for his time. He didn't need to say boo to him, but he chose to. He was still walking away. <laughs> He was going that way. Masvidal left the interview, pursued him, threw four punches, landed them all, comes up with a great marketing line of three-piece in a soda. I mean, right, in all fairness, this is beautiful work by Masvidal. At some point, one bad guy to another, you have to tip your hat and say, that was solid work. And here we are all these years later, and he's not changing the story. He's sticking with it. How would Masvidal know if Leon was going to call the cops? And that might be true. By the way, that might be accurate. And Leon to say, "Ah, that's just not a good look. There could be extradition. It was a different country. It could have been a really big deal. Instead of Masvidal going, hey, thanks. You know, sorry about that. And thanks for, instead of him doing that, right, he kind of tipped that. I had this happen to me, guys. I mean, I get personalized to some level. I was on the Ultimate Fighter. It was in Brazil. Dust up happens. I get struck by a coach named Dita. Now, 
I've got all the evidence I need. That is illegal. That is assault. And that is documented. And they came to me. I didn't go to anybody, but they had come to me and said, what do you want to do? Now, you have to understand, if I would have taken the step of I want you to arrest Dita, whether he would have been found innocent or guilty, they would have stopped his ability to come to America. He would have got flagged, his passport. It's a whole thing if you have an assault charge against you. even Let's just say he got out of it. That isn't the point. They would have stopped his ability to come to America, and that's what he does for a living. He coaches and corners guys. That's not equitable in my opinion, and I'm the one that gets to decide. It was my head. I'm the one that got struck. I knew the circumstance. I did not think that was equitable to take his livelihood away. I thought, hey, Chael, sorry I did that to you. We're good. That, that, but that's my choice, and that's what I thought would be enough, and I did not want anything to happen to him. So it is relevant that Leon didn't do this to George. He could have really caused him a problem. Could have caused him a big problem. I don't know for sure even if that's accurate, because I don't know that Masvidal would have known. Now, hold that thought, because I want to tie it into something else at 170. 170 is very fun right now, because we've also got Colby versus Usman, and guess what Colby said? Colby came out and said the only reason Usman took this fight is because the UFC threatened to strip him. Now, that's another one where at first glance, I'm going to assume we've got some very good storytelling going on. I'm only going to assume that because how would Colby know? Whether Dana's doing this deal directly, Mick's doing it, or Sean's doing it, they're never going to tell you what they told the other side. Never. They just, they just don't do it that way. One of the reasons is they don't want they want you to know you can have an open dialogue. They're not going to take it over here. What What's said over here is, and what's said over here, and that we do our job in the middle. So I only bring that to you because I, I, think, I think it's storytelling because Colby wouldn't know, but would it matter? That's an interesting piece of the story, and it's not totally out of line. It sounds as though something similar from Francis Ngannou's camp, where Francis was offered the Derek fight. There was some, some, some tough stuff there, and then they went with an interim championship. And to strip Usman after everything that Usman's doing would seem a little extreme. And if you're in Usman's shoes, it's not a matter if he's scared to do it. I don't fully know what the word scared. I mean, these are cage fighters. I, I, I hear that word scared throw out there. It's not the Merriam-Webster's dictionary to scared, but the, the colloquialism in our space for scared. Can't say that when he's already done it. You, you got you to gotta excite Usman. And I only bring that to you because Leon now has his own story. We got all these guys with their own stories. But Leon's come out saying that he was promised a title fight if he beats Masvidal, I think all of us would agree, sure, you are eligible. But to be promised a title fight is something totally different. Look, nobody can force the champion to get in there. They just can't. Look at it right now. If Usman defeats Colby, you can't just force Usman. We got we to hear what Usman wants to do. And if Usman doesn't want rematches, and I can only put myself in Usman's shot. I mean, rematches are they're just not as compelling, generally speaking, particularly if you were the victor. If you got defeated, I'm having a whole other story, but if you're the victor and you have the chance to spread the butter around a little bit, it's very tough to make a commitment to to that. And now let me lay out another scenario for you. Leon wins, and we all agree something great should happen to Leon. Something big for should happen for Leon. We all agree. 
But now let's say that Usman gets beat. Who knows what the world's going to look like then? How did he get beat? What round did he get beat in? In what fashion was he defeated? Was there any controversy around it? If there's controversy and the pound-for-pound greatest fighter in the world goes down, it would be reasonable, historically speaking, to believe he's going to get a rematch. Which would also take, right, this golden ticket that, that, that Edwards is saying he was told. It's like, Edwards, I wasn't on that call, man. Your business is your business. I'm not stepping in there. I, I just, but I would encourage you to reflect back. Are you sure the word's something more in line with, we will try, we will try, you go do this and we will offer, we will attempt to? So there's some moving parts at 170, but it is getting interesting. In all fairness, the top guys are coming back to the table. And then you got Gilbert Burns dying to fight anybody, right? You got Blahal Muhammad all of a sudden being an extremely exciting character, not just at 170, just in the sport. The splash that Blahal Muhammad has made, the bounce that he's received in the last 12 months. Top three. If you look at Sean Strickland, where he was a year ago, versus a main eventer now, you look at Blahal Muhammad versus where he is now, only to a year ago, who else you going to put in there? Maybe Chemayev? But then Chemayev sat out a little bit. I mean, even within a year, there's your top three. There's your top three growth athletes in MMA in the last 12 months. And I think the story is going to keep getting better. I like that. I don't have to know the facts. I don't have to tell you what, what exactly was Leon said. He doesn't owe that to me. Give me your version of it. Good enough for me. Masvidal, was he really the victim as these hooligans came at him and the whole thing's caught on tape? Give me your version. It's good enough for me. But entertain me. I need something between the punches and the kicks. And I feel for right now, the 170-pounders are doing just that. To close out today's program, Conor McGregor is back in the news again and is for all the wrong reasons. Let's get into it. Conor McGregor got in some kind of a jam, punched a DJ in a club, so the story goes. But it seems in line, right? You always want to say all the right stuff. Well, innocent until proven guilty, and let's let due process, I I guess. Or a guy's accused of punching a DJ in front of a ton of witnesses. Three weeks ago, I saw him do the same thing to some guy named Machine Gun Kelly. Three years before that, he hit an old man in a bar in a pub in Ireland, right? I mean, at some point it just starts to go in line where you can do the right thing and you can talk about, well, let's let this play out. And you can talk about due process and innocent until proven guilty. You can, you run the risk of looking like a fool that doesn't learn from your own mistakes. I mean, it's, it, it seems to be one of those things. How many, how many times does the dog get to bite you before you realize you should have put your hand down there? I don't really have as big of a problem with some kind of a street dust up happening and a guy defending himself. I don't love the idea. It is not a fair fight. Right, if you have a trained killer and he's with some guy, that's the dude's resume is some guy, and on your resume it says trained killer, it would seem as though you've got to be a bit of a dick to throw a punch. I mean, in all fairness, if you if you had to get in a street fight with somebody, guys, choose me. You're not going to win, but you'll leave in one piece. I am skilled enough at it, I will not have to hit you. Hitting you involves trying to hurt and or damage you. I don't need to. I have other skills. I do not need to hit you a single time. I don't need to loosen your teeth. I don't need to break your jaw. In all fairness, 
And I'll tell you, I came up that way. You always want to have appropriate gear and training, right? You want to have the big gloves. You want to have the shin pads on and your knee pads and maybe some elbow. You always have a mouthpiece. If you had none of those things and it was your first day, you could go spar Randy Couture. You will be fine. Randy Couture was the sitting heavyweight champion of the world, but he had such an incredible control. He would maul you. He would do MMA. No, make no mistake. He is there to maul you. You wouldn't be hurt. You ne if you never wore a mouthpiece, you wouldn't have a loose tooth anywhere. If you did not know how to defend yourself, he will not hurt you. He just had a control. And in all fairness, I have to look at it like this. I go, this is the third person he's thrown hands at. Hit the old man who wasn't moving. Missed Machine Gun Kelly by light years. I'll, I'll give him a break on that. He was on crutches. And then connected with a DJ. Like, time out. Aside from that being weird, and aside from that being a very bad skill set, that's a very, very bad skill set if you have to hurt your nemesis who's untrained in the streets. I would never say Connor doesn't have the right to defend himself or anybody else or just because he, he was a champion at this, he doesn't get the right to defend himself. Yes, he does. But I will have to question why you got to try to hurt the guy. You don't have other ways to defuse this? You got to be kidding me. And moreover, I've never got around the fact that Connor was at the award show. Whatever happened with that little nerd Kelly, Megan Fox, and the DM, I, those are weird people, man. Whatever. You're one of these Hollywood socialites that's got to get together in a little elitist group, throw a party, get put on TV, bring a bunch of really rich and really famous people together to then give awards to the rich and famous people voted on by the other rich and famous people. The whole thing's weird. And the fact that Connor was there means he's not one of us. My buddies aren't there. I've been invited to those things more time than I could shake a stick at. You want to know how many of I've gone to? None. Because I'm not a dork. I'm a man of the people. I'll go to one of those award shows they invite me to when you guys, my people, come to those award shows. That's when we'll go. Otherwise, we'll stick with our community and we'll go to the World MMA Awards once a year. I have a tremendous problem with that. And now I'm finding out that he's at a club. So you got a grown-ass man... With kids at home, at a club, that's a problem for me. You have a grown-ass man with kids at home on crutches at a club. That's a problem for me. You have a grown-ass man, kids at home bit, the crutches, the hobbling around, gets in a dust-up with a DJ and throws heat at the guy. And then the guy is on TMZ the next day, at least allegedly, my biggest problem with the whole part of the story is that this dude was talking to TMZ the next day. It's the only part that makes me think, well, maybe this didn't happen. I watched Conor McGregor hit Floyd Mayweather, and I saw the reaction. I watched Conor McGregor hit the greatest featherweight of all time named Jose Aldo. I saw what happened. I watched Conor McGregor hit one of the great fighters of all time and Eddie Alvarez. I saw what happened. Why isn't that happening to Machine Gun Kelly, the old man, and this DJ? Come all of a sudden, these guys can take Conor's punch. I mean, right, the whole thing really does stem other questions. So, okay, let's let's make a case for Connor. I've been a Connor defender for five years now. Why am I going to stop now? Let's make our case for him. Connor did not want to be at the club. He didn't want to be away from the wife. He didn't want to be away from the kids. This is a paid gig. They brought him in. They gave him some money to be there. He broke bad. Drinking a little of that Irish 12, he broke bad. DJ got a little mouthy. 
Connor wanted new kids on the block to play. He keeps on blaring out Metallica, something along these lines. Connor's got to throw hands up. Well, now you're being more of a jerk. If you're a paid member of the club, the same as the DJ, that means you guys are teammates. That means you work together in line with the security and the bouncers and the guy that works at the door and the cocktail folks and the, the, the whole bit. So now you're being a bad teammate. You're bad, being a bad teammate because you got a check to come here. You're on the clock but decided to get drunk. Not great. Or you're a nerd. You're a nerd that came hobbling into the club with a cast on his foot. It's just, these aren't my kind of people, man. This is weird. The DJ's got every right to take action. And the DJ said that. He said, I did not deserve to be hit, and I got hit, so I'm suing him. He makes a perfectly good case. This got tested in the world of boxing. Mike Tyson walked outside. One time ever. And it was another pro fighter. The guy called him out. The guy was a pro. A top 10 ranked pro. Guy knew how to take care of himself. Wanted to get in a street fight with Tyson. Tyson walked outside, hit the guy one time, and destroyed him. Anything that you've seen Tyson do with a glove on, exemplify that by five. Now, the dude was solid. The dude refused to sue. Because he told the truth. I called him out. I would have done it to him. He got to me first. Fair and square. Tyson shattered his hand. To qualify as a shatter in medical terms, it must be broken in three or more places. So one punch from Tyson without a wrapped and gloved hand shattered his hand but also shattered this guy's face. My only point being, and that guy was also a top 10 ranked pro, and that's what happened with no gloves on in a dust up in the streets. Not making light of anything. I'm not making light of anything at all. I cannot help but to hear these stories of the old man in the pub, and yet you guys know that's how he was identified. We never got his name. The media referred to him as the old man in the club. Some guy, Machine Gun Kelly, a dork, and now a DJ. But there's no shattered hands. There's no anybody going to the hospital. There's no ending of a debate. There's no silencing of the crowd. Why not? Why did Mike Tyson end it with one punch and the guy Connor hit is doing an interview with TMZ an hour later? All right, guys, that's it for today's show. I've had it with you all. But if you enjoyed it, do me a favor. Follow the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and go tell your friends to do the same thing. I really appreciate it. We got some exciting weeks ahead of us in the UFC. I'm going to be back on Friday to talk more about this weekend's card. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.